Welcome back to the Silo Plus Podcast. My name is Josh Wofford, and directly across from me is... John Nicholson. I'm here again. And to my left is... Casey Dunaway. Right. We got uh, a guest back with us, and well, she's not really a guest. She is now our editor. That's right. Our uh, podcast room dreamer upper, <laughs> uh, or studio. I say podcast room, podcast studio dreamer we got upper. in the making. Yeah, we're, we're thinking through that, and she keeps us straight with everything else with the podcast. And a lot of other things, too. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but concerning this, uh, she's as much of this podcast as we are, and she was here today, so we roped her in. We drafted her. That's right. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say drug her in here, but... Uh, uh, drug, drafted. Close, yeah. <laughs> Close. <laughs> All the above. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, we're still in Ephesians, and uh, Casey has not been able to find a uh, ro- royalty-free uh, deep purple... Uh, smoke on the smoke water. Smoke on the water version <laughs> that we can use. Um, yeah. All right, so update us. Have you had any other people ask you about? I haven't had any more. Okay. So uh, thankfully, uh, you know, if it were up to you, you'd sit me in front of the church and make everybody <laughs> come talk to me about it. I can do. I can do a whole seminar on that later on if people are interested. Yeah, I'll look for that on uh, Sunday nights coming soon, folks. That'll be a tremendous. I, uh, I'm sure that's must getting, attend seminar. That'd be getting into some weird like new agey stuff. That, uh, on believe in so be handing out rainbow study bibles to everybody yeah no (laughs) we're we're not doing that by the way but we're still in ephesians okay yeah back back (laughs) to the point here back to the point we're still in ephesians uh we spent a uh a a good time talking last time just a I, i enjoyed our last conversation on 13 through 14 in chapter 1. Uh, John, now you're saying we need to go back to verse 11. Only because it ties together with where we're going. You know, with yeah. what's next. And, and that's sure one thing does. I think that we need to always come back to. Because I think we have a tendency, because of memes and, you know, your little Bible verse of the day kind of things, we have a tendency to atomize Scripture and just break it apart. And we've got this one thing. That's that's a great little thing I want to catch hold of. And we don't take time to put it back together and see it in its full context and man there is some incredible beauty when you see the full context of it and quick commercial on that what we're doing on Wednesday night reading through the Bible just out loud together and it's a relatively small group five or ten of us usually but it has for me has really helped that process I was sharing with with, uh, you guys before just some of the things that came out of our reading this past week, as we were getting close to finishing John, you know, things that I've read all my life, but had really never glued them together uh, in some ways. And so that it's just such a vital part of biblical interpretation and biblical reading, I think, yeah. to get past the atomization of it, to grab the, that little tidbit, the 30-second sound bite, and to grab the larger story, uh, the larger picture that's being uh, presented here. And this is one of those cases where I want to go back and pick up at least verse 11, because the inheritance is kind of on the front burner in this next section. So you're telling me I'm going to be rich when I get to heaven? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but not maybe as the world would consider rich. Yeah, so inheritance is something that uh, is talked about a pretty good bit throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, in a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for us, that's kind of what we think about. We think about, okay, well, my parents pass away 
or a really close uncle or aunt and they pass down all the stuff that they didn't want to uh, deal with uh, to me. Uh, and, and so sometimes it, it can have a, a positive connotation, but for a lot of people it may have like, okay, now I got all this stuff I got to deal with. Yeah. And so just dealing with our American ideas of what this is, but then digging off into, okay, what, what is, what is this inheritance? You know, are we going to be rich in that sense? What does that have to do with our spiritual walk now? So John, tell us about this inheritance. <laughs> what, what, what are we going to get? Am I going to be a millionaire or like, am I just going to have a whole bunch of stuff? Well, in, in verse 18, it says the inheritance in the saints. Right. So oh, that's even worse. I got to deal with people. <laughs> Josh, you and Casey are my inheritance. Isn't that great? I'm so sorry. I know. I got to, as I said last Sunday or two Sundays ago, you know, some of us feel like we get gypped in this. But, <laughs> but no, it is. It's such a beautiful thing, I yeah, think. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it makes me think of C.S. Lewis. Uh, I, I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but he essentially said, you never meet a mere mortal. That's exactly right. Uh, and if we were to see each other, uh, uh, you know, I think he said a million years from now, uh, ourselves a million years from now, we would be tempted to fall down and worship the person we're standing in front of. Uh, and again, I probably butchered that, but that's the general sense. You, you never meet a mere mortal. And when you know, you're know you talking with John or, or, or Casey, uh, yes, on, on this side, I know I can be frustrated. We had discussions about selfishness earlier today. And so I know I can be selfish and kind of messed up myself. Um, and then when you throw in other people who are the same, it kind of gets messy. And so when you think of, okay, yeah, I'm going to spend eternity with these people. <laughs> that, yeah, there's some oh me moments. Yeah, in there, there's like, oh <laughs> man, I don't. Mm. But but we have, we need eyes to see what's coming. And that's that's I think that's part of. Paul's prayer here, our eyes would be enlightened to the hope. Yeah. So that we could not just see what's coming, but see the potential that's already here and the people that we're living and working with on a regular basis. Um, because if I if I know, hey, I'm gonna be with you and Casey for all eternity, uh obviously our relationships will be different, uh, on New Heavens, New Earth in a deeper, more real way. Uh, but I can already Say okay, well, I can overlook that minor disagreement or that minor thing uh, here and now, and I think that changes the way we as a church work together and mm -hmm. the unity that's here. I think so. It, it helps us to understand that He is reconciling all things unto Himself. Yeah, and that we get to be a part of that. Yeah, it's it's really a, it's astonishing and amazing, and and challenges our status quo view of things. And I think also, you know, you mentioned the. You know, how the Old Testament talks about our spiritual inheritance. Again, I think one of our challenges is that we have made spiritual something that the Bible would not call spiritual. Yeah. When, I'm, when I say spiritual, I mean something physical on this side of yeah. of the new heavens. There's new such a concrete reality to, to, to the spiritual things that we have, I think, generally lost. Um, in our, again, our Western mindset. So, I don't know. What comes to your mind when you think inheritance, Casey? I mean, the very first thing I think of when I think of inheritance is, like you said, money or stuff. I mean, that's the way it's portrayed in America. Yeah. 
usually it's stuff you don't want to deal with. Yeah, like the hoarding of my mother. I'm a little nervous to see what all I got to go through. <laughs> but um, that's what I think of. I don't think of my my eternal inheritance. I don't think of that. I think of immediate. What am I going to get when my parents die? Yeah. But then there's also that other inheritance that we have. We already have some of that, you know, the personality traits or the uh, the quirks uh, yeah. that we have. You know, that that also is part of an inheritance uh, from parents. Yeah, yeah, from parents. You know, as uh, my granddad would say, you know, the poop doesn't fall far from the bird. You know, we <laughs> that's just kind of where we are. You know, and, and we we pick up on those things. It's really sobering to think about that. And you, as parents with young children, are discovering that. Uh, real quick um, that you don't have to teach them a whole lot of your bad habits they pick up on them pretty quickly yep uh, but likewise the good things that you are passing forward there you know that's another piece of the inheritance that the Old Testament talks about you know the, the blessing of children and that inheritance that is ours in the here and now uh, with them being able to experience um, you know the grace that that is in our lives, the blessing that 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 is through our children and through uh, those relationships, and I, and I think culturally, you know, to get back to the monetary or material things, we we do we tend to put, at least in our nation, our culture, a whole lot of emphasis on the stuff, but there's so much more that's there um, that we often miss it and don't think through it. Any other thoughts on inheritance? Because I got another question. We could talk about inheritance a while, but go ahead. What you got, man? (laughs) Uh, How does this passage, particularly 15 and following, Mm -hmm. uh, verses 15 and following. The big prayer. uh, How does that teach us to pray? Hmm. Hmm. What, What are you driving at? That's a great question, but what are you driving at? Answer your my prayers, <laughs> my prayers at night when I'm praying with my boys do not sound like this. I'll just be honest; it doesn't sound like that. Uh, and so I'm wondering what I can learn from how he prays. I sign most of if I write a thank you card, if I write something like that, my, I write uh, Colossians one nine through fourteen because that's another similar prayer that Paul has for his uh, friends at Colossae. Uh, and this one is again just one of those just almost magisterial type prayers, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's one of the reasons why we picked up the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. That's why we picked up the Psalms every Sunday, so that God's Word itself can teach us to pray. Right, saturating us. That, and and that's that's why I feel like I need more of. I want my prayers to sound like the prayers in Scripture. Yeah. Because um, a lot of times, I mean, Paul in here never says, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, so this is going to sound really bad whenever I say it. Like, <laughs> Aunt Betty's, we're praying for Aunt Betty's hip will get better and stuff like that. There, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, I feel like most of my prayers are tied up in just that. Right. There's a whole lot less of that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Like, I'm not saying we got to speak with very flowery, flowery yeah. language it's a good like thing this. you don't have to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I can't. <laughs> I can't talk that way. So, how, 
you know, I, I'm thinking through, okay, I need to be able to pray this way for the people in my life. Hmm. And, you know, I, I think a good thing that I could begin to do and maybe others, let's, whenever you think of people, go to some of these passages in Ephesians or Colossians 1, or I, I believe the beginning of Philippians has one of these as well, just one of these great uh, prayer moments. And, and begin to pick up on those la- that type of language and that way of praying and be thinking about the types of things that Paul is praying for his people and we can pray for similar things. I'm not saying that's the only thing we pray for. Yeah, still pray for Aunt Betty's hip, right? Sure. However... Uh, and Aunt Betty, we are praying for you. Today. Yeah, I don't even. I don't know if somebody has an Aunt Betty out there who has a hurt hip or something. I don't know. I don't. That was just something that came off the top of my head. Anyways... But I think that the lack of our prayers that resemble this needs to be changed. That's what I'm saying. Let's uh, let's keep what we're doing. Let's keep praying for people in, in similar ways that we're praying. But let's add this to the mix. Let's let's really start to pray for uh, how people are experiencing and knowing and loving God in, in such a way that we care about them as much as. Paul seems to do, seems to in this. I hear you. I, I don't know if that's even worth talking about. I think but. it absolutely is. Do your prayers sound like this, Casey? Uh, no. <laughs> Go ahead. You're going to say well, something. I think a lot of people. The first question they're going to have is, "How do I pray in in the first place?" I mean, yeah. To me, if I'm a fairly new believer and I see y'all <laughs> referring to this as how I'm supposed to pray, I'm probably not going to pray because I don't feel like it's as intellectually worded as it should be, or I'm just not doing it right. And I think that's one of the resistances that most people have to praying publicly. I'm just not going to sound right. I'm not going to sound like I should. But have some, you heard me pray in public? Like once or twice. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, <laughs> I mess up all the time. I say stuff that I don't uh, necessarily mean to say all the time. And it's but I'll just, give you an example of this. You know, uh, and I, I don't mind calling her out. She wouldn't mind this at all. I don't think but Michelle Krieger. You know, she's been coming and she's growing. It's evident in her yeah. walk with the Lord. She was here Wednesday night with us for prayer meeting, and I just asked her to pray about some of the things that we had on our prayer list Wednesday night, and it wasn't that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would, you know, enlighten the eyes of your heart that you may know the glorious wisdom and all this. It was, wasn't flat. It was just very simple. It was just, but it was so real. Yeah. It was authentic. And I think that's, that, that may be the dividing line. And I think here Paul is not putting on airs. Mm-mm. It's just authentically Paul. Because we got to remember, Paul was... Educated. Smart man. Educated. Yeah, he was educated. Right. Uh, he was a smart man, and so it, it came. It was a natural outflow of who he was, and I think that's one of the great things that we do need to grab hold of in our praying is that it does need to be authentic. It just needs to be real, mm-hmm. and you know, and Paul here is being real. Yeah, but I do hear what you're saying. Right, I'm not saying that we need to sound use the same words that Paul uses, uh, even though I. I don't think it's bad to quote scripture in no, our, it's in our prayers. Right. However, if this if if it's off-putting to say, "Hey, this is how Paul prays. This is the direction we need to head." Um, all I'm saying is, we need to pray for the types of things that Paul prays yeah. for, and you can you can use your own language for that. However, I, I'm just I'm struck by the types of things that Paul prays for, as opposed to the way my prayers sound every night. And Betty's bad hip. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. 
just let us have a good day. And again, nothing wrong with praying for a good day, but that seems to be all that it is. Very you awful. see what I'm saying? Um, Self-focused? Self-focused, more like just benefit focused in, in a in a very physical and there's the physical uh, terms again but um, yeah and but is that a bad thing I'm not saying that's a bad thing I'm saying that if it's the only thing that's on on my mind yeah. then I think I need to focus a little bit more toward Ephesians in that sense so Ephesians early in Paul's life late in Paul's life it just depends on which imprisonment you put him in. <laughs> but either way, it's, it's on down the line. Yeah, yeah, it's further in his life, yeah. And so I, I think with that, you know, my prayers today, although I'm still far from where I would like to be, and they're certainly not to this kind of level, but I pray differently now than I did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And some of that is through not only knowing some people better, knowing better how to pray for them, having people prayed for me, uh, you know, I think of Craig Carlisle who prays for me monthly and you know, he just sends me that text message, I get to be a part of that and I've just learned from him, you know, about praying for others. And and so there are a lot of things that over that long track of of life and service and following after Christ that we do learn to come to a deeper place of prayer. Yeah. I, I think. Or deeper maybe the wrong term. Because a lot of times we get caught up, I think, in leveling up spirituality, and we're going to go to that next level or have that next, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, bigger, better experience. I don't, I don't know that Paul would have looked at that in this fashion in his own life. It was just here's where I am now, and it's not about you know look what level I've attained. Yeah. Um, to be authentic, I, I do. I think this is an authentic voice for Paul. Yeah. But I think for us to be authentic in our prayers, and that's that's a pushback a lot of times for folks with something like the Lord's Prayer, where it just becomes a rote thing, and it could be. Don't ever want it to be. That's that's up to you to make it rote. Or not. Uh, I agree, uh, to an extent, yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it, if we don't consciously carry it around with us and be work work through it, you know, how what what does Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean for me today? You know, that's that's just part of the Lord's Prayer that has really permeated all the parts of my life. I, that's one that just kind of rocks through my head. Or, you know, when somebody wrongs me, do I forgive my debts? As, or, you know, do I ask him to forgive my debts as I forgive my debtors? Uh, boy, that's, that's tough. Yeah. yeah, if you break it down piece by piece, right. it, it, it can be very intimidating at times. To it really see if, can be. Are you really doing that, or are you just saying it? Yeah. Are you living that way, or is it just repetitive? Yeah. But I don't pray like that. Well, and here's another side point of this, Casey. I think it's—I think we can talk about how to pray, but I think, and even it's almost a given here with in Ephesians that he does. Yeah. That he even does in the first place, and so this is a reminder to me that to pray. I just need to pray, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and you know, we can worry about how to pray, uh, you know, with all the flowery language and stuff like that later. But I think the first step, if we're going to be talking about this, is 
I need to pray for people. Right. I need to pray for y'all. I need to pray for people in our church, people in our community. Um, and I, I feel like have been doing that pretty well, been trying to teach my kids to do that. And, and so now I'm trying to focus, okay, now, now how to uh, do that. But for, for some mothers, it may not, that may not be a thing. And that's the first step. Like we just, we need to pray for people. Yeah. And I think for, for me that hmm, the anemic language in my prayers very often, just how anemic it seems. That's a good word for it. Is that it's, it's lazy praying. Yeah. Because I'm maybe in a hurry or I just don't really feel like spending a whole lot of time with it. But when I do engage and yeah. when I do, it it does change how I pray. Um, well, I will say life with a, a young child <laughs> makes your life, your prayer life look totally different too. Sure. I mean, my prayers get broken in the middle because of a screaming baby or <laughs> something thrown across the room. So my prayer, it, it's interrupted a lot. So it, it's like me constantly praying, trying to remember where I picked up at and left off. So it, it looks totally different now than it did before she was on this side of uh, Earth. But um, it's, it's trying to, yes, God still wants to hear me, even though she needs me right now. Mm. And I need him because I am really ill. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's just it's that new ground that you have to navigate through. So it's it's a learning curve, but I feel like I need God more now than I did before she was born. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. On that note, Casey, you're not totally alone. This is kind of off topic from Ephesians. But you know, we we say Psalm 23 with our boys every night after after we get praying we pray Psalm 23 together, and uh, it was it was sometime this week I can't remember what happened but Josiah just he would not lay down he would not he was talking about this talking about that interrupting the prayer and uh, it, you know Becca and I are like trying to get him down and like everybody's mad he's crying and then we start saying Psalm 23 you know <laughs> and just as you're saying it you're like. Okay, Lord, you just <laughs> yeah. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, restore my soul, oh Lord. Uh, you know, it's just it was just one of those surreal moments that you're like, okay, in this moment, this is what Psalm 23 is for. Yeah, it's to reorient my life, and then you know, I kissed him goodnight. He was fine afterward, but it was just you know one of those chaotic bedtime moments. Uh, and then we sit down and finish. But see, I think what y'all are describing is probably more prayer than what most of us engage in a lot of time. Because anytime that we separate, and, and this goes to the entirety of spiritual life, as anytime we pull it out and try to make it something other than where yep. we live, what we're engaging with, we've missed the point. Yeah. Because what God is seeking to do is to make his dwelling place with man. That's what he, and so when we invite him into a screaming child or to a kid that's just being a little recalcitrant at bedtime or, you know, uh, a spouse that is maybe not behaving the way I should uh, to to my spouse or, you know, whatever. Those moments when we remember Psalm 23 or forgive my debts as I forgive my debtors, those kinds of moments, that's when prayer really takes on life, yep. I think, for us. And to this end, you know, Paul here in verse 16, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. 
interrupted. I mean, he's in prison. Who knows what's going on, you know, um, or, you know, uh, in his life at those moments. So I'm sure there were moments when he was thinking about it, but, you know, interruptions come, but he didn't cease to give thanks. And he was remembering them in, in his prayers. And that's where he gets to the, the flowery stuff that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Have the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what's the hope which is called your soul. That's what he's thinking. Background. He's not ceasing. This is, but this is, this is what's on my mind. Not just in that five minutes or fifty minutes or whatever that I am intentionally on my knees or you know in my prayer closet praying for specifically for these people. But as I'm carrying you around in my heart, that's what I hear him saying. As I carry you around in me all the time, these are the thoughts I have for you. I want you to know the fullness of what God is and what he's doing in your life. And I want you to understand his wisdom and his knowledge. And, um, you know, and so I, this is kind of the, in, in, in many senses, and, and going back to the Psalms, there are a lot of places where it's evident that that's exactly what we get from David is this kind of summation of all of his experience that he's had with God in this moment, trial or tribulation or difficulty, and God, here's what I've experienced with you. And we kind of get it. And I, I kind of get the sense here with Paul, because we know that he had a long relationship with the people in Ephesus. He had a lot of uh, uh, relational capital invested in them. So he is carrying these people around with him. He knows them. He cares for them. He, he is remembering them always. Um, and so he's just saying, Here, here's the things that I've been thinking about you over time. And that's where, again, this relational, this inheritance of the saints <laughs> comes to play. Because I know Casey, and I know what's going on with Laurel's life, and I know what's happening in, in family and some of those kinds of things. I don't just pray for Casey over my cup of coffee in the mornings. There are a lot of times when I'm you know, driving off to the hospital to visit somebody or I'm out cutting grass, and the Lord just brings Casey to mind, and it's it's another opportunity for me to engage with God. Here's here's what I hope to see happen in Casey's life. You know, bless her today. Same for Josh or whoever. You know, as we deepen those bonds of relationship, it deepens uh, and enriches the prayers that we have for each other. Yep. And I think it's important. Here I am. I'm, I'm taking the floor here, but I think it's you're good. I think it's instructive. It may be a better term that we have this prayer for the Ephesians at the front end of this because really the, the the thrust of the rest of this letter is about the unity, about standing together, holding fast to each other. And this is this inheritance in the saints that comes out again, that this gift that we have in each other as church, as believers who are called out, is so incredible. And we, we take it for granted. But there's so much that we are going to be given in each other and that we're going to learn from each other that it's it's just really important that we take that time. Yeah. All right. That'll preach. Yep. Well, that's what I do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it has preached. You've already preached this one. All right. Uh, any other uh, miscellaneous thoughts? Well, we, we kind of took a text on prayer there. Of course, it was a prayer, but we really didn't dig into some of the wonderful good things that are there. But there, Well, we can, we can do part two next yeah, well, week. I, I like part two. That's good. Whatever. But that's good. But I really like this conversation about prayer because, again, I think it's another one of those aspects of our spiritual life that we don't we, we want to make spiritual something other. This this huh kind of you know floaty out in the air, ethereal, ghostly kind of thing, and it's practical. It's down in the dirt. 
And mm-hmm. there's my down in the dirt theology again that you yep. give me grief about. Dirtology. Dirtology. Dirt <laughs> theology. We got to come up with something about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The wheels are turning. That's good. But but yeah, I mean we're we're at time. So, um, what you got? Keep it genuine. <laughs> I think so. That's that's those are some of the most beautiful prayers. Uh, when you hear those that are, it's just hey, here's who I am and here's how I'm praying. Yep, certainly. It's, it's it's gorgeous. So pray for somebody this week. No doubt. No doubt. Engage. Every day. Pray yeah. for somebody. Everybody. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's a different well, speaker. I've enjoyed this conversation. It's been great. I hope everybody else did too that's been listening in. Yep. And again, thank y'all for, for plugging in. We just, you know, this was uh, uh, just an idea that we had, just a way to kind of help give y'all another place of contact, but it's gone far beyond any of our imagination. So thank y'all and share it with somebody and uh, hopefully it'll encourage them too. Yep. Until next time. See ya.